0: The Lord. John 14, verses 21 through 23. St. John 14, verse 21 through verse 23. And we'll look at that in the King James Version. And we are talking about the gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit. And that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 where Paul is addressing the church at Corinth concerning concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Ghost. And uh, so it's important that we be instructed in the move of the Spirit so that we can continue to move in Him and so that we can move on up higher. It is, in fact, the plan of God for the local church and the church at large to keep moving, to go from one degree of glory to the next. Everyone say, glory to glory, glory to glory, by the Spirit, by the Spirit of, the God. of the living God. Now, another title that we could call this series, and by the way, Pastor Tom, who's a tremendous teacher, is going to teach next Wednesday. And then our good brother George is going to teach the following Wednesday. I've got to go see my mom. She's turning 96 soon. And so I'm going to fly back to Minneapolis. And uh, So anyway, praise the Lord. You're in good hands. In good hands. But another title we could give, especially tonight, is this Gifts of Glory. Gifts of Glory. The gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of the glory. So let's look at that just a little bit tonight in John chapter 14, verse 21. It says, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love Him, and will manifest myself to Him. You definitely want the Lord manifesting Himself to you. Now, one way that He does manifest Himself to us is by loving us, showing us His love, giving us His presence. It's very interesting to me, it says... He that loves me is not only a person who hears the commandments, but keeps the commandments or does the commandments. Now, another word for the word manifest is to show, to show. Now, the amplified version of verse 21 says it like this. You don't need to really turn there, but here's what the master is saying. And I too will love them and I will show I will reveal, manifest myself to Him. And I will let myself to be clearly seen by Him. And I will make myself real to Him. Glory to God. And then in verse 22, Judas asks a a perfectly legitimate question. He said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us And not unto the world. And Jesus answered. Verse 23. If a man love me. He will keep my words. This is not just lip service. Not saying that we love him. But actually acting like we love him. And living our lives. And conducting ourselves. In a manner that reveals that we love him. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him. And we will will make our abode with him. Now the word abode there means special dwelling place. Oh, glory to God. Doers of the word, those that love the Lord, have the Father making his special abode with them. Now turn over to John chapter 11. And I want you to notice something in verse 40. Manifestations of the Spirit are manifestations of His presence, manifestations of His love, manifestations of His power. In John chapter 11, verse 40, you know, his good friend had passed away. His name was Lazarus. And some of his kinfolk got on his case because he was not Johnny on the spot, if you will. And right there at the graveyard to do something about it. Well, Jesus said something that's very revealing to them and to us. St. John chapter 11. And we look at verse 40. Notice this. And Jesus said unto her, Didn't I say unto you, that if you would believe, that you would see... The glory of God. In other words, if you believe, you will see God show up. You will see God manifest Himself. You will see a demonstration of the glory of God. The only thing, qualification is, is you must believe. What if we don't believe? What if we doubt? What if we scoff about the moving of the Holy Spirit? Then we're not going to see the glory of God. But we don't have doubters in the house tonight. We don't have scoffers in the house. We've got a house full of believers, a house full of receivers, a house full of declares that we believe to see the glory of God. Every day of our lives, in the car, at Safeway, Down at Heart of the Bay, wherever we go, we're believing to see the glory of God. Another one way you could say it is we are believing to see the goodness of God. Now, let's look at a few scriptures about glory. Look at Numbers 14, verse 21. I believe this with all of my heart, that we are in days of glory. Days of glory are on us now. The glory of the Lord in numbers 14:21, here's what some of the Old Testament scriptures say about it. He said, "But as truly as I live," numbers 14:21, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord." That is an awesome promise. He said, "Look. As truly as I live, the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. In other words, I am going to manifest myself wherever I am welcome. Wherever I can find a people of faith, you will find me there right in the middle of them. Wherever I find a people in one accord... Glory to God seeking me and believing me to show up. I will show myself strong right there in their midst. Now, turning over to Psalm 72. Psalm 72. And I want us to look at verses 18 and verse 19. The 72nd, as some preachers say, division of the book of Psalms. But we're not quite that formal here. Yet. Psalm seventy two. Verse eighteen Blessed be the Lord God. The God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. He doesn't do he didn't do strange things. He does wondrous things. Verse 19. And blessed be His glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. Would you say that with me right now and pray it with me out of your heart? Lord, Lord let, the let the whole earth be filled, be filled with, your glory. with Your glory. Let the Bay Area, let the Bay Area be, filled be filled with Your glory. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, turn to the book of Habakkuk. And we're going to look at one verse there. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. And when you think you've heard enough about glory, you're going to hear more. No, never. And when you think you've heard enough about the gifts of the Spirit, we're just going to keep on pounding it into you. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a glory station. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is yeah. a place where He's welcome hallelujah. to show up and show out. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. Now notice this with me. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Think about that. Is there a lot of water in the earth? Well, just as sure as the waters cover the sea, the whole earth is not only going to be filled with the glory of God, but people are going to know about it. It's going to be seen. It's going to be manifest, and it's going to be declared. All right, now let's look at Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah the 40th chapter. And we'll look at one verse there, Isaiah 40, verse 5. And so we're talking about diverse kinds of tongues, which we'll define, uh, hopefully, by the end of tonight. And then the interpretation of tongues. And these are things, glory glory gifts, that we can expect. Isaiah 40... Verse 5, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Amen. 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 CNN, NBC, all those satellites up there in the heavens, glory to God, they're there for a greater purpose than Playboy. They're there for a greater purpose than what the world's using it for. But my Bible says, and your Bible says... All flesh is going to see it together. Why? Because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So can we count on it? We absolutely can. Now, turning over to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. How many of you remember a guy by the name of Moses? Moses had a heart for God. There was a day that he went up into the mountain... And as he went up into the mountain, in verse 15, the Bible says that a cloud covered the mountain. One person was speaking here not too long ago, and she said, you know, I see the glory of God right by the sound booth. Glory to God. I'm expecting to see it. But whether I ever see it with these eyes, I perceive it in my heart. Amen? When we walk right and uprightly and walk in purity and holiness, we're going to be able to see the Lord. Verse 15, And Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Verse 16, And the glory of the Lord abode upon Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud... And the sight of the glory of God was like devouring fire. We got a storm coming. You got fire? You got a cloud? You got asking of the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain? What's happening is a glory storm. You got the wind, you got the rain, you got the fire. Woo, glory to God. That's all I can say. It was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain. In the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went up into the midst of the cloud and gat him up into the mountain. And Moses was in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now, look at Exodus chapter 33 and begin in verse 7. Everyone say, Days of heaven, days of heaven. Upon, the earth. upon the earth, days of glory, days of glory. In, our in our church, days of glory. Days of glory. In our, home. In our home, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord is, being is being revealed. Now Exodus 33, 7. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp afar from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. And it came to pass, verse 8, when Moses went up into the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. Now stop right there. I don't know whether you caught that or not. I want you to understand and to realize that when Moses stood up, the people stood up. There was a respect and there was a reverence for the glory of God, but there was also a respect and a reverence for their leader. Now, I'm not asking you to stand up when I come into the room or when Pastor Tom comes into the room. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the principle is this. We need to reverence the things of God. We need to reverence the people of God, and we need to have respect for one another. Amen? I need to respect you as well as you need to respect me. But I just thought it was very interesting. You know, I was in a setting not too long ago, a few years back, down in Branson, Missouri, at a, who I consider to be a good friend. You know, you can have good friends that you may not talk to for two and three years. But once you get back together with them, it's just like you just take up right where you left off. That's the way it is with uh, Brother George and Sister Terry. It's just that way. God hooks you up and connects you. Yeah. But I thought it was very interesting. And uh, this man is, is younger than I am, but in many ways he's more mature than I am spiritually. And so we were in a room having a fellowship after a service. He had preached, and there was probably 75 to 80 ministers being fed there. And I tell you, it wasn't a one-course meal. It was about a seven or eight-course meal at 10.30 at night. You talk about full gospel. But I noticed that all of the younger ministers, when he walked into the room, they stood up. There was a respect there. And so I think that that can be taken too far, not in that particular case. But I think what we need to realize, saints, as a church, we need to respect the Lord and respect the move of the Holy Spirit and not be moving around every time we want to move around or chewing on gum and, you know, waiting for the man of God to get done. Anyhow, that's good preaching. <laughs> Try not to meddle. So they got up, every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into. The tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended. All right. That's the glory. And stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. Mm-hmm. Verse 10 And all the people, they saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. Now that's old covenant. We got a better covenant established upon better promises. He talks to you heart to heart and face to face because you in fact are his friend. You are his child. As a man speaks to his friend and he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man. Departed not out of the tabernacle. We could say that Joshua was hungry. I need a little bit more help on that. We could say that Joshua was very hungry. And it wasn't for In-N-Out burgers. Joshua had come face to face with the Shekinah glory of God and the presence of God. And he just stayed right there. So what's the principle for us? Yes, we come corporately and we receive the blessing of God and the glory of God manifests. But you can walk in newness of life and walk in the glory of God every day of your life, wherever you are. Because you know what? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We could say it this way. We are temples of glory. He said he'd make his abode with us. All right. And verse 12, and Moses said to the people, see thou sayest unto me, bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in thy sight. Verse 12. Now verse 13. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you Rest. Mark this down in your spirit. Anytime the presence of God is in manifestation, there's always peace. There's always rest. On the other hand, when demonic forces are in charge, there's always torment. There's always an uneasy feeling. There's like, this just isn't right. Amen. But the Lord says, look, When my presence goes with you, I'm going to give you rest, and I'm going to give you peace. then in verse 15, he says, Well, if your presence doesn't go with me, I ain't going. Smart guy, right? Verse 16. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in your sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Dear saints, I don't know whether you're getting this or not, but when the presence of God attends your way and the glory of God is manifesting to you and through you, it separates you from all the rest. I said it separates you from all the rest. It separates you from the torment that is in this world. Oh, I love it, don't you? In verse 17, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing, also that thou hast spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know thee by name. Verse 18, And he said, I beseech thee, show me, what? Now notice, when God says goodness, he's saying glory. He said, Here's what's going to happen, Moses. I'm going to make all my goodness pass before you. And I'm going to proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I'm going to be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Listen, friends. I believe that the glory of God is upon us. In this church. In this place. Now, a church is a place where we come to be refueled. And we come to be refilled. And we come to be taught and instructed. You and I are the temples of glory. When you walk in, God walks in. So individually, there is an anointing upon and in all of us. But corporately, my dear brothers and sisters, the anointing gets so strong in this place that sometimes you can hardly stand in the presence of God. Sometimes there's so much revelation flowing that you go... The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. I believe this with all of my heart, that the glory of God is going to get so strong in this place that every fiber in the carpet is going to be saturated with the glory. Every fiber in the seat is going to... Hey, if the anointing will flow through claws, might as well get in the seats. To our unbelievers, get in They sit down. Whoa! Get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered at the same time. Yeah. Why not here? Why not now? Yeah. Manifestations yeah. of the glory of God. Yeah. Now, turning to Exodus 33, verse 33. Hallelujah. What's, it, what's this building all about? Why all the elaborate lighting and and the expert sound and all of the beautiful chairs and why all of the beautiful parking and the nice signs? Why? Why? So the name of Mark and Brenda can be proclaimed? Are you kidding me? No. This is a place that's prepared so He can come. This is a place prepared for Him. Let the King of glory. Let the King of glory come in. And we're going to sanctify Him in our midst. And you know what that means? We're not going to get our eyes on man. We're not going to get our eyes on the man or the woman singing the special or the man or the woman preaching the good news. We're going to keep our eyes on Him. And in keeping our eyes on Him, He's going to do great and mighty things. Perhaps that we've never even seen yet. Amen? Amen. Exodus 33. Actually, it's 34. 34, 33. Oh, is it? <coughs> <coughs> oh. 33, 33. 34. Okay. Verse 33. And He reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar. Well, let me read it anyway. Just pretend like I'm right on. There's, there's room for grace, isn't there? Listen very carefully. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate so Moses finished the work. Now, they got specific instructions on what to do and how to build it. And if I ever found that chapter, I could prove to you that God gave them in-depth instructions to prepare it just right. Why? Because the glory Because the glory is coming to church. Hallelujah. So Moses finished the work. The people finished the work. Never underestimate your post at the at the church. And then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It's Exodus 40. I knew that. I just wanted to see how sharp you were. Verse 35. (laughs) Exodus 40, verse 35. Glory to God. Now, the question I have, is the glory of the Lord tangible? Yes. Amen. It can be seen. Yeah. It certainly can be perceived. And it can be felt. Yep. Now, it's very interesting. They finished the work. Mm-hmm. In verse 34, a cloud covered the place. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord filled the place. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And I noticed, and Moses couldn't even get in the door. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got wood doors back there, right? And if those wood doors are locked, you can't get through. If you try to get through a wood door without opening it and unlocking it, it's tangible. You'll not get in. The glory of the Lord is so tangible and so strong in this specific case. (laughs) He tried to get in the tent and couldn't do it. I'm looking forward to days where the preacher can't preach. Glory to God. The singers can't sing. The late people that came three hours late can't even get in the door. And they're they're all laid out. They're all laid out in the foyer praying in tongues. Might be a little eccentric, but why why not? Verse 36. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed Not till the day that it was taken up. Verse 38. Read it with me please. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day. And fire was upon it by night. In the sight of the whole of the house of Israel. Throughout all their journeys. Now I said all that to say this. That God has placed... In the church and in our lives, the gifts of the Spirit. We talk in depth about diverse kinds of tongues. And we discuss the importance of speaking in tongues in our private devotional life. And it's so important that we be built up in this life. But there is another gift of the Spirit in diverse kinds of tongues where in a setting like this, the Spirit of the Lord may speak through a person in other tongues, and then someone comes and interprets that tongue. That's tongues along with interpretation of tongues. Now, the purpose of tongues is equal to the gift of prophecy, which Pastor Tom will get into next week. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's look at mm, maybe the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 14, and let's talk just for a few minutes tonight about these specific things. We also discussed that when you speak in tongues in your private devotional life, that sometimes you will notice that God wants to say something to you. He wants to give you some guidance or some revelation concerning a certain thing. Or about a certain project maybe that you're involved in. You can ask Him to show you what you're praying about. And you can even ask Him that you'd be able to interpret your own prayers. And it's as the Spirit wills. As the Spirit wills, He'll begin to flow out of you in English what you spoke out in other tongues. Isn't that awesome? Now this does not have to happen in your life. But it can happen. And I think we should expect it to happen. Oh, glory to God. You'll be praying someday in your prayer closet, just speaking in other tongues. Then all of a sudden, you'll start speaking in English and you'll look around and say, who said that? Well, it didn't come out of your head. It came right out of your heart. So him that speaketh in an unknown tongue, let him pray that he may interpret. And I really think that there ought to be A lot of interpreting our own prayers privately. Amen. And so that we can glean direction. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And let's look at verses 1 through 4. According to Dad Hagen, who is my spiritual father, and Howard Carter, the definition of diverse kinds of tongues is, it is supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit... In languages never learned by the speaker, nor understood by the speaker, nor necessarily always understood by the hearer. Now listen to what these men of God have to say. He said, speaking with tongues has nothing whatsoever to do with linguist ability, linguistic or linguisa. It has nothing to do with the mind or the intellect of man. It is a vocal miracle of the Holy Spirit. So when we come together publicly, and I may say, does anybody have anything? You'll notice a lot of times I'll look toward PT there and say, do you have anything? And he'll just take off on the piano or he may speak in tongues and speak something out. Pastor Brenda may speak in tongues and I'll come up and interpret what is said by the Spirit. Or it might be whoever the Spirit chooses and whatever we identify to use at that particular time. It's supernatural. But the reason and the purpose for public tongues is threefold. It's also the main reason for the simple gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Am I doing all right? It's, uh, it's really important that we get these things, and, and I think we need to tie in other truths that go along with the gifts of the Spirit, like the glory of God and reverence and different things, and expectancy. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, everyone say hallelujah. hallelujah, and let's look at verse 1. He says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. There it is again. Desire, crave. But rather that you may prophesy, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, however, in the Spirit, what does he speak? Mysteries. Mysteries. Now publicly, if, if I just got up here and started speaking the whole message in tongues and there was no interpretation, it would not be edifying. Right? Right? And if, if someone, you know, just popped up in the middle of a service while Pastor Mark was preaching and just bellowed out in other tongues and there was no interpretation, that wouldn't be edifying. No. And it's not edifying also when someone interrupts someone who's speaking. Right. See, the, understand this, that the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Yeah. And he's not going to interrupt himself. But my point is this, is when a tongue comes forth, a message in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation. Okay? Now, we were in a setting the other night where there were several ministers together and someone spoke out in tongues and then someone interpreted the tongues, but it wasn't quite exactly what, exactly to the the degree that that it should have been and then someone else kind of added something to that and then finally we we just got to a point where what the Lord was saying got out, out. and so in a church setting when a tongue goes forth and an interpretation goes forth you can judge that mm-hmm. you don't judge people no. but you can judge what's being said yeah. and you can judge it according to uh a couple of things number one the witness in your spirit that just doesn't seem right that doesn't feel right or maybe that interpretation of that tongue was for them and not for the whole body are you listening to me you know god's speaking to all of us but just because god is speaking to you doesn't necessarily mean it's a message for the whole congregation so you can, you can know things just by the witness in your spirit, right? The other way that you can know whether something is on or something is off, just by the general spirit of it. You know, if a person is growling, is mean, and is venting, you know that's not the Holy Ghost. Or another way that you can know whether tongues and interpretation are of God is does it line up with the Bible? You know like one well-meaning person and we're all growing we're all developing i can honestly tell you that every time i've spoken in in tongues and interpreted in tongues it it you know there's been times where you know that just it wasn't wrong but it wasn't exact you know what i'm saying we're growing we're developing yeah, right. and we need to have grace in that area yeah. but um this one person stood up and someone spoke in tongues and the guy got up and interpreted. my little children be not afeard but if you are afeared, it's okay, because sometimes I get afeared myself. Well-meaning, but, you know, give me a break. Get back on your meds or whatever. God's not the author of confusion, and He doesn't minister fear. He ministers faith. Amen? And we ain't been given a spirit of fear either. Now, first Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, Fall after peace, charity, desire spiritual gifts. Verse 2 I already read. Now here, he that prophesieth speaketh unto men for what? Exhortation. Exhortation and comfort. Now the simple gift of prophecy, which they'll be dealing with, is to edify, to exhort, and to do what? Uh-huh. To comfort. One person illustrates it like this. The gift of prophecy is like having a dime. Okay? It's like having a dime. Tongues, without interpretation, is like having a nickel. Now, what would you rather have, a dime or a nickel? I'd rather have the dime. But now, if someone speaks in tongues and interprets the tongues, you got two nickels. So you got a dime. So it's the same thing. It might be two nickels, but it's a dime. Whereas prophecy is a dime and comes out, you know, at one time. You still got two nickels. You still got a dime. And so the way that we can judge prophecy, and that's a whole teaching. Seven steps to judging prophecy is there. And you guys need to cooperate in how far you get and so forth. But uh, you can judge prophecy as does it exhort. What is exhortation? It's a drawing forth. What is edification? It builds up. Man, I've walked into this church. Sometimes, you know, in the natural realm, preachers can carry baggage with them. They can be discouraged. I've walked into this sanctuary sometimes. You would never know it because I know how to act up. But the presence of God and the glory of God and then a word from heaven came. And you know what it did? It just lifted this old preacher right up where he should be all the time. And it'll do the same thing for you. It'll exhort you. It'll edify you. And one of the other most beautiful things about the simple gift of prophecy in tongues and interpretation, it always brings comfort. And it brings His presence on the scene. And you will be better for it if you will speak in tongues much in your own life and expect the manifestation of God in this place publicly. Amen? Amen. So, diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues is simply saying what the Spirit of God said in other tongues. Mm-hmm. Is that all right tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and say, we're expecting. we're expecting the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. In, this place. in this place. Glory to God. Amen. So, you gentlemen, tie up any loose ends that I have perhaps have missed the next couple of weeks. And... I'm telling you what, I'm expecting glory to God that we are in great days. Amen. Come on, somebody shout about it and thank God for it. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Ooh, you think about it. One will put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. You got a couple people expecting. You get hundreds expecting. The lame walk, the blind see, the dead are raised. That is the glory. It's not just about running around the building and having joy. I love all that. But it's time now. Are you ready for it? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for it. Let's thank Him ahead of time. Glory to God. So I would like to invite those of you tonight that perhaps have maybe struggled in your prayer language and haven't spoken in tongues yet and you'd like to, I'd like to invite you to come to the...